This is Rosen Institute's Your Law Firm, where Lee Rosen and Ned Days cover management, marketing, finance, and new technologies for building the practice you deserve. Here's Lee Rosen. It's good to be with you today from Manila in the Philippines. We flew over from Brunei, and we're just here for a day before heading off to a beach resort. Our Manila time is limited, and it's our first visit to this really big city. The neighborhood that we're in is making a very favorable impression. It's a central shopping area, but we don't really have a big picture of this city. It's much more than this one neighborhood, so we'll have to come back one day when we have more time. It's time for your tech tip. More and more of us are finding ourselves needing to record audio and video on a regular basis. Podcasting seems to be more popular than ever. Lots of attorneys are having success using marketing channels like YouTube, Instagram, and even TikTok. Even more quote-unquote traditional use cases like webinars or Facebook live streams rely on us having some kind of proficiency with our recording setup so that we don't end up assaulting the eyes and ears of our audience. Whether your recording is audio only or includes video, the quality matters. In fact, most people will put up with relatively bad video quality if the audio sounds okay, whereas poor audio causes people to turn off more quickly than poor video does. When I started working remotely more than a dozen years ago, one of the big experiments we were running was how effectively I could make reliable and understandable communication happen. Windowless hotel rooms in Kuala Lumpur with rats crawling under the door and roaches crawling on my toothbrush probably weren't great for my health, but those squishy critters do wonders for keeping the echo down. On the other end of the spectrum, I would sometimes find myself trying to facilitate a webinar from a noisy bus station in rural Mexico because it was the only place in town with working Wi-Fi. And being more settled doesn't always fix the problem, as working from home during COVID taught many of us. There always seems to be some passing train or a neighbor mowing the lawn or kids running through the living room. For a couple of years, my wife and I lived on the top floor of the grammar school building at the campus where she worked. And every time the kids had an assembly or went out for recess, I could barely hear myself, much less the other people on the line, over all of the shrieking. Now, I've always been a fan of not letting the perfect be the enemy of the good. Give something a shot, see if it works, and revise and iterate as you go. But in order to get decent audio quality, even as recently as a year or two ago, I would have recommended at a bare minimum a dedicated microphone and making sure you're in a space that didn't have a lot of unnecessary background noise. But today, I am honestly rethinking my setup. The software solutions to the problems with audio quality have come so far that it almost doesn't matter where you are or what you're using to record as long as you're taking advantage of the advances in audio processing. You may have noticed, or maybe not, that my audio sounds a little different today, and that's because I am away from my fancy microphone and audio interface at my desk and recording this into a set of $3 earbuds plugged into my computer from the chicken coop in my rather noisy backyard. As you've probably noticed, I've turned off the noise reduction tool so that you can hear the surroundings a little better. I'm about 100 feet away from a very busy road with train tracks nearby, birds overhead, and a few rather menacing-looking chickens giving me the stink eye. I have changed locations because as fun as that experiment was, crouching down in a pile of chicken poo isn't all that comfortable. Background noise suppression has been steadily improving over the past several years. Your wireless earbuds may offer some kind of hardware-level noise suppression. Video conferencing tools like Google Meet have built-in real-time noise cancellation to help cut down on some of that background chatter, too. I want to give you a few of my favorite tools for improving your audio quality and share a new one that has me very impressed.
I'll spare you the technical details, but traditionally audio processing has really been limited to manipulating volume. Equalization and compression tools, even in the digital realm, have essentially been increasingly sophisticated methods for raising or reducing volume of specific audio frequencies. This allowed us to do things like remove low-end rumble or reduce particularly harsh or boxy sounds. You could make quiet parts louder and loud parts quieter so there wasn't a huge jump in volume between speakers or sections of audio. We even had some rudimentary abilities to automatically mute audio if the level dropped below a certain point so that my loud AC unit wasn't audible if I was silent and someone else is talking. But we couldn't really do anything about those background noises while we were speaking. If the microphone was picking up someone talking behind me or a noisy computer fan, there wasn't much that could be done. That started changing a few years ago. One of the original software solutions to the background noise problem was Crisp.ai. This is a desktop and mobile app that acts like a virtual microphone in a conference call, telephone, or live streaming software. It could take the audio coming in from your microphone and use some fancy AI magic under the hood to process and reconstruct the audio in a way that cut down on background noise while you were speaking in real time. Without the advanced signal processing and algorithms that tools like these provide, this just wasn't possible before. Crisp is still a great tool, especially for live situations. I've used it extensively over the years and I can highly recommend it. You can find it at crisp.ai. But what for years has seemed like the unobtainable holy grail of audio fixes is the ability to reduce or eliminate echo and reverb. Crisp can help, but there are some other tools that do a better job. The only downside is that they don't work in real time, at least not yet. You provide them with some pre-recorded audio, and they take a few minutes to do some processing, and so they are best suited for podcasting, video replays, and clips for social media. There is a podcasting and video editing tool called Descript that has taken the audio production world by storm. We use it for our podcasts, and I can't say enough good things about it. You can drag in your audio, and it will automatically be transcribed. You can then edit the transcript like you would a word processing document. If you remove words, they will be removed from the audio. And if you have trained one of Descript's AI models with recordings of your own voice, you can even use it to insert words and entire sentences for you. But it also offers a great feature called Studio Sound that processes your audio and cuts down on not just background noise, but room echo. I use this all the time because I generally record in a tall room with bare walls, and my wife would probably kill me if I bought $5,000 worth of sound isolation foam and went crazy with a staple gun. You can find more about Descript at Descript, D-E-S-C-R-I-P-T dot com. And that studio sound tool is actually what I used out in my chicken coop to cut down on the background noise. Now, Adobe has announced that they are working on what looks like a competitor to Descript, at least as far as the podcast side of things goes. It works entirely in the browser, and you can record, transcribe, edit, and collaborate in a similar way to Descript by editing the text of your recording and even bringing in other participants live with a link instead of requiring an app. It's not publicly available yet, it's in a closed preview, but they have made a very interesting and useful feature of it available for free right now, and it's called Enhanced Speech. It works in a very similar manner to Descript's studio sound, using AI to reduce background noise, improve audio quality, and remove the echo and reverb you get from being in a large space with hard surfaces. You can find it at podcast.adobe.com. 
In fact, I've been using the Adobe Enhanced Speech tool since I came in from the chicken coop. And as you can probably tell now that I've turned it off, I'm actually inside of my tiled bathroom, which has a pretty bad echo. And I have to say, I'm really impressed with this tool as well. Like Descript's functionality, it doesn't work in real time. You have to provide it with an audio file that it will spend a few minutes processing, but the results are pretty dramatic. You drag and drop a file into your browser window, and in a minute or two, it spits out the cleaned up version for you to download. Okay, this is my last scenery change for the day. I am back in my office, but I'm seated in a recliner and speaking into that same $3 set of earbuds. I've run this through Adobe's enhanced speech as well, and I have to be honest, it's really making me question whether I need to bother with my fancy recording setup anymore. I don't plan on reporting in from my chicken coop or the bathroom all that often, but I feel like there are fewer and fewer excuses for getting decent audio even with very minimal equipment. For real-time applications, something like Crisp is a fantastic option if you don't have noise cancellation built into whatever you're using to record. If you do have the luxury of being able to do a little bit of post-processing, Descript and Adobe Podcast bring a lot to the table. On some sources, the AI tools can get a little weird and robotic sounding, especially if there's a lot of wind noise or other interference. But I only expect them to get better, and I'm already very impressed. The core takeaway is this. Audio content can be an incredibly useful tool for your practice, but the quality matters. It needs to sound good. The bad news is that there's now no excuse for having lackluster audio, but the good news is that it's also a trivial problem to solve. And if you're already using audio content or have ambitions to, there really shouldn't be anything holding you back. I'm Ned Days, and that's your tech tip. And now for your moment of concise advice. I was active in the Chamber of Commerce for a bit, and I enjoyed it until it was invaded by aliens. Yes, aliens. Here's what I mean. I got involved in the chamber and I was going to breakfast and lunches and I was listening to speakers and meeting new people and catching up with old people. I was having good conversations. I was creating and building relationships and I was getting some referrals. This was early in my days as a lawyer, and so it was a win-win situation. Everyone involved, everyone that showed up, we were all having a, a good time, and we were growing our businesses, and we felt like it was a very positive experience. I was so early in my law practice that getting any business was just thrilling. I was very excited about being a part of the Chamber of Commerce, but at some point, I started to feel like the people that I was meeting at the chamber events, they were more interested in selling something to me than getting to know me. It went from being a place where relationships grew to a place where sales pitches were most of what was happening. The aliens really had come to the Chamber of Commerce, and the chamber recognized what was going on. They came up with some smart approaches to restore the balance to getting us back to being more about relationships and less about these sales pitches. They created smaller groups and they required that you have certain qualifications for being part of those smaller groups. They found ways to help to keep us from being glommed onto by these aggressive salespeople. They helped to protect us from the 
folks selling copiers and office supplies and phone systems. And it worked to an extent. But I will tell you, this invasion of the salespeople, these aliens that came into the group, well, it kind of ruined the experience for me. And I found myself drifting away from the Chamber of Commerce. The salespeople sort of turned me off to what I had otherwise been enjoying. But I'll tell you, in a way, those salespeople, they were smart. They went where the customers were. They found us. They knew where we were, and they came, and they pitched. And in a lot of ways, that's at the core of my advice to you today. I encourage you to find your prospective clients, your prospects. Find them where they already are. Figure out where they go and go meet them there. That's a smart thing to do. And you do that by asking yourself some questions about these prospective clients. Where do they go when they have questions or need help with the problem that you solve? What resources do they trust right now? What communities, online and off, what communities do they belong to? Figure that out and then go there, show up. But, and this is a really big but, don't go there to sell. Don't be like those copier and office supply and phone system salespeople. Go there with a different mindset. You know, when the marketers and the salespeople show up, they tend to ruin these spaces where prospective clients and prospective customers go, these places that they need, that they rely on for trusted support and advice. The salespeople just break those places like they broke my chamber of commerce. Don't do that. Don't show up seeking to extract value. That's not the way to approach this. Go with the idea of adding value. Do that at chamber events like the ones I used to go to and do it online in places like Reddit or Quora or Facebook groups or on LinkedIn. Do it wherever you find your prospective clients spending time. Go to where your potential clients are and while you're there, add value. Talk about the things you know. Talk about the information that you have learned. Share your expertise. Provide help to people that need it. Link out to content that you've created so that people have access to resources. Listen for what it is that folks need and then do what you can do to help them. You earn trust by being helpful. The people that you are helping and the folks watching you help those people realize that you are a reliable and trusted resource. You know, if you only show up when you want something, if you're only there to extract value, well, then ultimately you lose. But if you are there to add value, if you are there to be generous and helpful, well, you'll be amazed at how quickly you have people contacting you for help and other folks referring to you. They will see you not as an aggressive salesperson, but as someone who is a helpful peer, another member who knows things. You will be known as someone who is part of the community that can help solve the problem that folks are experiencing. Generosity works. Be generous. Add value. Help people. 
keep showing up in those places where your prospective clients go when they need trusted advice. Be a part of that community and you'll grow your business. That's your moment of concise advice. Wrapping up from Manila, thanks for spending a few minutes with me and Ned today. We hope you have a great weekend and an even better week next week. Keep plugging away, moving forward, getting things done. You're on the right track. You'll get there, I promise. We're all in this together, and together we build better practices through better marketing, better management, and better technology. Until next time, I'm Lee Rosen. Thanks for listening to Your Law Firm. Visit rosensrules.com for our free course on the 10 critical rules successful law firms follow. 